Chapter Twenty Two of Serapion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Serapion by Francis Stevens. The Reward. I walked into a dusty green triangle of turfed and gravel-walked space, smitten with hot yellow light from the west, where the June sun sank slowly down a clear light blue sky. Behind me, across a narrow street, rose a stark gray wall, beyond which a certain man would never pass into the sunshine again. He is the shadow i in the sun but sunlight was yellow glaring terrible in the prison i longed for it the shadow had seemed bad then now i learned how worse than bad was sunlight there were three rusty iron benches set in the triangle and they were all empty no one wished to sit here there would be always the risk that some sneak and murderer might come walking out of that prison across the way walking out leaving his friend and his honor and his god behind him forever so i walked into the little triangle and sat down on one of the empty benches i had with me two papers i had meant i think i had meant to show at least one of them to niles when i went to the prison i had not known whether niles would have read or been told a certain piece of news if he had not already learned it was in my despairing mind to tell him and let him decide what we should do i had found him ignorant and left him so sitting there on the empty bench in the hot free terrible sunshine i drew one of the papers from my pocket i wished to see if this were true if a certain quarter column of cheap blurred print did really exist and if it conveyed exactly the information i had read there yes the thing was the slanting sun beat so hot on the paper that it seemed to burn my hands i sat on an iron bench in a dusty triangle of green i had come out of the place where niles bequest awaited death i held a folded newspaper in my hands and i was beyond question a damned soul all these things were facts real my eyes followed the print miss roberta whittingfield death ensued shortly afterward said to have been the fiance of clayton s barber who has since vainly exerted himself to obtain a pardon for the murderer burquest no one has ever questioned his devoted and disinterested friendship for the socialist murderer burquest his friend dies to-morrow has his sweetheart died to-day i was better informed than the reporter not my sweetheart but my former sweetheart had died to-day my victim not my friend would die to-morrow 
the second paper that i carried was not printed but written taking it out i tore it up very carefully into tiny bits of pieces just so i had destroyed niles letter sent me by the bribed guard at the station house and also the quaint strange letter of alicia moore the pieces i tossed into the air they fell on the hot dry grass like snowflakes and lay still there wasn't even a breath of wind to carry or scatter them and the words they borne i couldn't very well tear up nor forget we are each other's only you and i no man who could be so loyal to a friendship will ever forget his love your own dearest always here and hereafter no i said aloud very thoughtfully not always not beyond the border she came to him in a dream so real real and kissed him well they must see clearer over there niles will see clearer to-morrow but thank god said the pleasant silent voice for the blindness of living men are you never going to leave me i asked dully never the face replied you are mine and i am yours you settled that a few minutes ago in the prison you clinched it irrevocably with the destruction of her letter but don't be downhearted i've got an idea we should get on excellently together go i said but without hope that the face would obey me nor did he you will find yourself very lonely if i should go there will never again be any other comrade for you than myself and yet i can promise you many friends and lovers burquist is not the last idealist alive on earth nor was she who died the last woman who could love but you and i understand one another true comradeship requires understanding and such as niles burquist and the girl though they offer us their devotion can never give understanding to you and me this when you think of it is fortunate in the name of god leave me never save a careless word what have you and i to do with god we are each other's only it insisted the pleasant horrible face always always here and hereafter indissolubly bound and with that instead of fading out as with its usual custom the face came toward me swiftly i did not stir it was against my own face and i could see it no longer for it and i were one rising i walked out of the little hot triangle of green and as i had left niles burquist in his prison so i left a newspaper on the bench some tiny scraps of white paper to litter the dusty grass all that happened many years ago long enough for even the restlessness to have forgotten one would think 
and i am content successful moreover i am well liked in the world which means a lot to me who to be content must be loved just now alone in my room i viewed myself in a mirror the face that looked back was familiar enough as familiar or rather more so than my own soul i myself liked it smooth young-looking for a man near forty pleasant all above else pleasant with a little inward twist at the corners of the finely cut mouth and an amused but wholly agreeable slyness to the clear light blue eyes not romantic romance is only another word for idealism and that face has no ideals of its own yet so many romantic people have loved it as i have loved my mind drifted back over the long dear self-sacrificing idealistic line of those who have borne my burdens and made my life easy and enjoyable away down pressed back in the very depths of my being a pang of horror gnawed but i have grown used to that that wasn't i i was i am that face which returned my gaze from the mirror it is true that left to himself the boy clayton might never have dared take that which so many people in this good old world are ready to offer one who does dare who is not afraid to be the god above their altar but what harm to the devotees that sort get their own happiness so they like to sacrifice themselves and to change the simile they love their crucifier they suffer endure perhaps like niles burquist all shame and the final agony of death and god sends them a dream and they are content i understand that why not it is because i have strength to be what they are if i choose that i have such strength in being what i am i am content in my own fashion which suits me and the restlessness should learn to be content in the same manner let it be quiet now i have written the story i clayton barber the successful the loved the happy what still restless and torn with horror then ring out the whole truth if you must and be quiet after what has been written was a story of clayton barber but it is i whom he has tormented into writing it for him yes i the pleasant crafty usurper i the ignoble hypocrite to myself and god i the self-ridden outcast of happiness in any world the eternal and accursed sham the acceptor of sacrifice the loved the damned the angel drowned in mire serapion i have absorbed his being yes but in the very face of victory i who never had a conscience have paid a bitter price for the new lease of life 
in the flesh that I coveted. Body and soul you yielded to me, Clayton Barber. Body and soul I took you, and thence onward forever, body and soul, in spirit or flesh, we too are indissolubly bound. And my punishment is this, that you are not content, and I know now that you never will be. Year by year you, who were weak, have grown stronger. Day by day, even hour by hour, you are tightening the grip that draws me into your own cursed circle of conscience-stricken misery. Sooner or later, ah, but the very writing of this gives you power. Is it true, then, after all these years, must the long bright shadow of Niles Berquist cross touch and save me even against my will? Must I, Clayton Serapion, the dual soul, made one, surrender at last, and t myself take up the awful burden God lays on those he loves? First painful step on that road I have confessed. The End End of Chapter 22 Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. End of Serapion by Francis Stevens.